and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. I'm very excited to have you here with me this week as we do another episode that kind of blind, blinds, blends, it blends the blinds and it binds them together for a fantastic little stew. No, I'm talking about another combo episode where we get to talk about gossip, sex, lies, money, intrigue, all of that Hollywood stuff, and also dip our toe into the pool of possibility. And by that, I mean, get weird with conspiracy theories and go into the deep end. So we've done this little combo for other shows before when we did blind items for Stranger Things. We were also talking about the conspiracy theory of the Montauk Project, which is a conspiracy theory that inspired the plot of this show. And this week, we are talking about Victoria's Secret. We're going to be doing blind items on the angels. We're going to be talking about Les Wexner, the founder of them. And if you've watched the new Angels and Demons um, Hulu documentary on Victoria's Secret and Les Wexner, you'll know that Jeffrey Epstein slots himself right in there, literally front row seating (laughs) to, to everything going on at Victoria's Secret. So when I was watching the documentary, all I was thinking was, I've got to dig into the blind items on these people. Because I feel like a documentary goes into most of the, you know, insidious, nefarious things that are going on. But as we know, blind items give us a little bit um, of a deeper lens into something. And sometimes the lens is incorrect. But everything here is alleged. Now, something that I think could be fun to do up top is just take a moment. I had a very bad day today. I'm sure you might have too. Doesn't it kind of feel like every day nowadays, it's like a coin flip. It's either okay or it's the worst day ever. So something that I've been doing, and I write about this on my Substack newsletter, which it is free, fluentlyforward.substack.com, is um, I just take a moment to practice gratitude. And I know it sounds so lame, but I just think of that quote from Big Mouth. Yes, Big Mouth of all places, where they're like, gratitude is the attitude. And even if I'm having the shittiest day and I feel so sorry for myself, it really does help to just think of things that I'm grateful for. So I will share them with you. I hope that you take a moment to pause and do it in your head because it does make me feel better. Number one, I'm grateful for you listening. I started printing out the five-star reviews and sticking them on my door. I've been like revamping the closet I record in. I was feeling down today and I spun my finger around and then I went stop and I landed on a review. Hold on. Let me see who, who said it. It was BB2000 and they were like, Shannon is sitting on a gold mine with this podcast. It was the nicest thing ever. It made me feel so good. I so appreciate you. Also, I'm great. I picked up a library card today having fun. It ain't that hard when you've got a library card. So yeah, go visit your local library and get a library card. It it made me feel like such a good person. You know what I mean? It's like the same thing when you volunteer, you get more out of it. Like you just, there's some things that you do waking up at 5am to work out like, Ooh, you just feel so good. So those are things I'm grateful for. Let me know what you're grateful for. I just think it's fun. And it's also going to be the only pure part of this podcast because we're about to dive into the dirt. All right. So we're going to be covering Les Wexner first. Then we're going to be doing the Victoria's Secret Angels. I figured, you know, we're only going to do blinds on the angels and then maybe over on the Substack. There's a lot of blinds about the non-angels that I will put on there. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the brand Victoria's Secret and Les Wexner, who created this brand. We're going to start with a deep dive of Les Wexner. And if you've seen the documentary, you've probably heard a little bit of this before. But we're also going to be talking about his blind items. And someone, a listener of the podcast was in my DMs and she used to work for Victoria's Secret. And she told me a little bit about what the brand would say about Les and how he would be like positioned to the employees. So we're going to cover all of that. So here's your little TLDR on Les before we go deep. So he was born in Ohio to two parents, his mother, Bella, he was very close with like in the documentary, angels and demons, they were like kind of weirdly close. And maybe it's just because I'm involved in this whole, you know, I'm, I'm into conspiracies. But I just was thinking back to Ghislaine Maxwell and how close she was to her father, Robert Maxwell, and both with Les, actually it's short for Leslie, so with both Leslie and Bella and Ghislaine and Robert, 
in documentaries, when people talk about the relationship, the, um, you know, the parent child relationship, basically, they don't say that it's sexual, but they kind of allude to like, it was weird. Like it was weird how close they were and people would comment on it. So that was his relationship with his mother, and he had a relationship with his father, Harry, and his father rode his ass. Like, he was very close to his mom. His dad tested him, and Les has been quoted throughout times um, saying that, like, my father didn't believe in me. My father thought I would never do anything. Basically, like, he never got compliments from his dad. His dad doubted him, and it really lit this fire under his ass to succeed because his father was doubting him. Which, two thoughts there. The first one is Freud would have a field day with Les Wexner. <laughs> like, that part is true. And then the second part is cannot relate. You know what I mean? Like, if my own father was doubting me, like, I, I would give up. It would be so easy. So you're probably wondering, how did this guy who lived in Ohio get into Victoria's Secret? So his parents had a clothing store named Leslie's, which was named in his honor. And he went to law school. Then he decided to leave law school and his parents were going on a vacation, you know, so they wouldn't be working at their store. And it was the first vacation they were going to go on in 10 years. And they were like, Leslie, why don't you help out at the store while we go on vacation? So while his parents were away on vacation, he took a look at all of the numbers, the profit, the loss margins on all of the women's clothing that they were selling. And he found out that higher price clothings like jackets had a higher margin per item, but they didn't sell as often. So blouses were actually more profitable because they were selling so quickly. So his parents came back, Les told his father this, and his father was like, whatever, like, I don't care. His father seemed little bit like a pill. Then a few years later, he gets $5,000 as like a loan from his Aunt Ida. Shout out to Aunt Ida. <laughs> and then that was matched by a bank and he starts the company, The Limited, which if you're a millennial like me, you've probably heard of The Limited, but maybe you didn't shop there. Like I had just always heard of it. If you're Gen Z, you probably don't even know what this is. Maybe you do. I hope you do. And I thought this was really interesting. The reason he called the store The Limited was because the amount of clothing and what they offered in it was limited. So they only had moderately priced skirts, sweaters, shirts, and it turned over really quickly. Um, so that was why they named it that, which I always think I would love to do a deep dive. Let me know if you're interested in this, the naming behind different companies. Like I always wonder, oh, okay, we get our iPhone from Apple. What was the second runner up? Like, was it going to be Kiwi? Was it going to be something? Like, I'm just so fascinated by how they came up with it. The scene in The Social Network where Justin Timberlake turns to Jesse Eisenberg or whatever their character's name, and originally Facebook was called The Facebook, and he turns around and he goes, drop the the. He picked up the check, he told Mark they'd talk again soon, and he was gone. But not before he made his biggest contribution to the company. Drop the the, just Facebook. It's cleaner. Like, ooh, oh my God, I got chills when that happened. I just love something about branding. I love it. So Les is running The Limited and it starts to do really well. He's just got like a gift for this thing. So a year later after he starts The Limited, his parents actually close their store, RIP Leslie, and they join Les in running The Limited. And then he opens up a second store. He takes it public. Like he's just boom, boom, boom. And everyone, even people who hate him in this documentary were like, I have to say he's a fucking genius. Like there's something he knows about merchandising that just makes him so good at this. So in 1982, he acquired the lingerie business Victoria's Secret. And it's funny because I had always heard growing up with Victoria's Secret, the lore that this company was started because a husband was too embarrassed to buy lingerie for his wife. And at the time that I heard that, I was like, okay, this is the story of how Victoria's Secret started. And then I was like, but it doesn't really make sense because like, even I'm embarrassed to go into a Victoria's Secret show. It's just like, so, I don't know, like boobs. I don't know, whatever. Like when I was in high school getting my Auntie Anne's and walking by, I was like, I'm not cool enough to go in Victoria's Secret. I don't belong there. So whenever I heard that folklore about how it started, I was like, why would he create Victoria's Secret to make men not embarrassed to buy lingerie. 
But what happened is that Roy, the man who created Victoria's Secret, it started as a catalog. So that was why men weren't embarrassed to buy lingerie because they were just picking it out from this catalog that they would get in their mail. And I don't know, maybe like jerking off to it too. Nobody talked about that in the documentary. I'm like, were people jerking off to this catalog? Like were they, were they buying it to buy lingerie or were they beating their meat to it, you know? But don't worry, here on Fluently Forward, we ask those hard-hitting questions. So it did really well, Roy's catalog, but then they were facing bankruptcy. He reaches out to Les Wexner, and he's like, I'll sell you Victoria's Secret. He buys the company, which is a catalog at this point, for $1 million, and a few years later, it's worth an estimated $1 billion. That's insane. That's like crazy, crazy stuff. And I think Les Wexner, as we'll get into it, is a creepy little fuck. But I have to say, oh, God, what, like, he's such a genius, you know? He then markets the fuck out of Victoria's Secret. He does all of these incredible campaigns where basically they make their catalog different from the other catalogs. They also build this idea of who Victoria is. And if you watch any of the episodes, there's only three episodes, I think, in the entire documentary on Hulu. Make sure you watch the first one because they talk about building this idea of Victoria. Who is Victoria? And once again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little bit creepy, but let me first tell you who Victoria is. They do all of these campaigns. They have a voice actress. Um, basically, they fake like there's someone named Victoria. And Victoria is this British socialite, you know, she's, um, she's fearless and brave, but also classy and sophisticated. And she has short hair and she has this French mother who taught her how to be passionate, but she has this, you know, strict English father who teaches her how to fit in with society. And she likes lingerie, but she also likes it for herself. And the documentary says that they made these campaigns talking about Victoria, of Victoria's Secret, and it was so real that people would start working for Victoria's Secret and they would ask, when do I get to meet Victoria? And people would be like, that was a brand video. Like, she doesn't exist. Now, look, Jeffrey Epstein and everyone who comes with it, he, we haven't even gotten to him yet, but he ends up meeting Les Wexner and getting involved in his life after this moment. But I will say, when they were talking about Victoria and who she is and her brand, it was like a dead ringer for Ghislaine Maxwell. And I looked it up. Ghislaine Maxwell's mother was born in France. She's French. You know what I mean? So Ghislaine Maxwell is also this British socialite with short hair who has got a French mother. Just like all of these things where I was like, ooh, that's creepy because she's kind of reminding me of who they said Victoria was. So anyway, that's one of the things that they do. They end up taking Victoria's Secret from the catalog, obviously, into the stores. That's where we know and love of them and maybe steal their thongs in college. Anyway, that's how we know of them. And he starts doing more things with the branding. The first thing is he creates the Victoria's Secret Angels. We know them. We love them. We will be reading their blind items. And then he also, you know, creates pink, which is a line for younger girls, basically. And, you know, why did we not think that was creepy? You know what I mean? Like at the time, I was just so excited to be included because Victoria's Secret did feel too old for me. And I think I was buying, I don't know, where was I buying my bras? Probably Gap. I was probably buying them at Gap and I wanted something a little bit cooler, but Victoria's Secret felt like too sexy and adult. So pink was really like, ooh, it felt like right up my alley when I was in high school. But that is weird to be marketing essentially lingerie towards high school children. So anyway, um, then as we know Victoria's Secret, um, they end up just really dying on the hill that beauty and sexiness can only be contained in this small niche. And let me know, do you say niche or niche? I say niche. Niche like quiche or niche like bitch. I say niche. So they basically said sexy is this niche group of people and they are mostly like white, tall, skinny, blonde supermodels. And those were the Victoria's Secret Angels. And as other companies started to create more inclusive ideas of what beauty was, and Aerie does that incredible, they don't Photoshop their photos. I love it. I want to see texture. I want to, I, let me please see a happy trail on a woman. Do you know what I mean? 
And as other companies were starting to do this and include more diversity in their campaigns and with their models, Victoria's Secret was just like, we're not going to do that. And there was even an executive at the company in an interview who basically said, Victoria's Secret is a fantasy. That's what we're selling. Like, get used to it, basically. So their sales start to really decline starting by 2015. And in 2018, this was the final year of the Victoria's Secret fashion show, aka that time once a year when Taylor Swift and Carly Claus would hold hands in lingerie and walk down the runway and just make me so happy. Now, you might be wondering, where does Jeffrey Epstein come into all of this? So what we know about Jeffrey Epstein, if you listen to my Jeffrey Epstein podcast episode, hope you did, is that he was a money manager and he managed the finances of clients who had a net worth of $1 billion or greater. Which is just insane, especially considering that this was his job with no prior like money management experience. And one of his clients was Les Wexner. So he made Jeffrey Epstein his financial manager sometime in the 1980s all the way up until 2007. Also, the Jeffrey Epstein mansion on the Upper East Side, that previously was owned by Les Wexner. And he essentially gave it to Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein paid for it but he paid at like this most insanely knocked down rate that nobody else would ever get. Les Wexner also gave Epstein power of attorney, and he also made him a trustee on the board of the Wexner Foundation. So basically, Jeffrey Epstein managed the entire finances of Les Wexner, got a house from him, was on the board with him, all of these things, which at the very, at the very goddamn least, you have to say... You must have known. Les Wexner must have known what was going on with Jeffrey Epstein. And at the very most, he was in on it. And they talk about that a lot in the documentary, how Jeffrey Epstein would use his connection to Les Wexner to abuse these models for Victoria's Secret. Jeffrey Epstein would pretend to be a casting director for Victoria's Secret. And people at Victoria's Secret would have girls coming up to them saying, hey, you know, I auditioned with Jeffrey Epstein. He told me to come see you. And these people at Victoria's Secret were like, what are you talking about? Jeffrey Epstein doesn't work here. He's just like a friend of Les's. Les, Leslie's. That's easier to say. So we are now going to get into some of Les Wexner's blinds. I know that was like a very short TLDR. I'm just assuming most of you guys have watched the Hulu thing because it was good. It was like all everyone's been talking about for the last couple of weeks. But now, before we do the blinds, I want to tell you what a listener reached out to me in the DMs about and said that she knew as an employee of Victoria's Secret. So I was posting on my story asking if anyone knew any gossip about what was going on. And she goes, I was in the management team of my store at Victoria's Secret, and we would watch monthly training and branding videos where they would tell us how sweet and kind this old man was, which is Les. And then she says, um, they said that he was like a grandfather to everyone who knew him and he would never hurt a fly and that he created Victoria's Secret to make all women feel sexy and loved. While we were working there, we adored him. Now that I know more about him and his connections with Epstein, it really gives me the creeps. My old coworker and I sometimes just talk about it and we're flabbergasted about how much they push the sweet old man persona. And then she says, too, they had him in literally every training or branding video. It was a three-minute Les Wexner clip of the brand fangirling over him. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so interesting. Also, I wonder when they switched Les Wexner's personal brand. Because I'm sure Victoria's Secret at the beginning wanted to push Les as like, this is the leader of our company and he is a genius. He took this company from one million to one billion. He's a genius. He's a genius. And then... You know, is it after he hits 70 that they go, and now he's a sweet old man, and he just wants to do the the philanthropic deed of making women feel sexy. Like, what? So then I asked her a bit more. She goes, they gave the genius and sweet old man vibe at the same time. He built this whole empire to empower women and make them feel sexy. And she goes, I know Victoria's Secret had a bad rap for only using skinny women, but we really tried at our store to include all body types. Maybe that's because I'm in Nebraska and most of the clients were on the thicker side. I worked there for four years. And then she says, I did change stores to the Omaha location at the end of my career. And that one was a lot more skinny oriented. I want to talk to you about Thrive Cosmetics. 
products. They are high performance beauty and skincare products that are made with clean, skin loving ingredients, 100% vegan and cruelty free, which is very important, especially to me because I was vegan for so long. And my favorite product of theirs, I'd probably say is the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. This mascara is absolutely insane. It makes my eyelashes so long that you can see them over the bridge of my nose when you're looking at my side profile, which is just unbelievable to me. It kind of mimics the look of lash extensions. I've never been able to wear lashes before in my life. I have very sensitive eyes. It's the same with my ears, can't wear very heavy earrings, but this mascara really makes it look like you have a pair of false lashes on, which is incredible. So if you want to try out any of their products for yourself, including the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara, you can get 15% off of your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com fluently. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S.com slash fluently for 15% off your first order. So without any further ado, let's get into some of these sweet, sweet blind items about Les Wexner. As a reminder, all of these are alleged. So the first one says, it isn't like anything is going to happen to the going to step down CEO, who would be Les. He gets another few hundred million bucks and gets his key secrets kept. It is all rug sweeping all the time. It probably didn't hurt that he is ponying up $20 million in campaign contributions to make sure that no digging is done. All right, this is another blind item, and this is about the moment that Les Wexner was alerted that Jeffrey Epstein was using the Victoria's Secret name to seduce and abuse women by pretending to be a recruiter for Victoria's Secret. The folks who worked at Victoria's Secret found out about this and told Les, and he said that he would stop it. And then in the future, for quotes about how he knew Jeffrey Epstein, he's always denied knowing that something happened. So this blind item says, considering what this businessman received from the wealthy pedophile, it is pretty disingenuous to say that he didn't know what the pedophile was up to. Plus, he was personally involved with at least one attempt of keeping someone quiet about a sexual assault, including people that he employed, also doing his bidding to keep the sexual assault quiet. And when that blind item says, quote, considering what this businessman received from the wealthy pedophile, end quote, Keep that in mind because future blind items are going to talk about how allegedly Jeffrey Epstein provided Les Wexner with a mistress that he was using for years, like years. Here's a blind item about the fashion show getting canceled. It was always assumed this fashion brand would cancel their annual televised production. The final nail was the CEO being named in every article about the show and his connection to the pedophile who used the brand to lure in underage teens, including the latest Jane Doe. So apparently and allegedly one of the women who was involved in the Jeffrey Epstein lawsuit, it could have been the one in 2008 or the more recent one, was involved with Jeffrey Epstein because of his association, quote unquote, with Victoria's Secret. Okay, so this is a blind item that's allegedly about Alan Dershowitz, Leslie Wexner, and Jeffrey Epstein. Alan Dershowitz is a lawyer, and he's heavily, heavily all over Jeffrey Epstein. Multiple Epstein victims have said, I was abused by Alan Dershowitz, and he was on the island, and things like that. So this blind item says, the lawyer, Alan Dershowitz, wants to bring in the rich guy, Les Wexner, not to back up stories, but to get him to write a check to the person suing to get them to go away, which is one of Jeffrey Epstein's victims. The rich guy, Les, wants no part of anything to do with it, so he's being cornered. If he pays, then the lawyer can keep saying what he has always said, or even better, sign a mutual NDA and say that his hands are tied when it comes to discussing things. Now, this next blind item is about Jeffrey Epstein, Les Wexner, and ABC. We all, we all know of the network ABC. And I posted on my Instagram during the Jeffrey Epstein episode that I did how ABC anchor, her name was Amy something, um, she came out saying that years before the latest Jeffrey Epstein scandal broke, that she had the story on Epstein four years prior, and she kept trying to bring it up, and everyone at ABC said, no, 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 nobody cares, nobody knows who Jeffrey Epstein is. 
And also, weirdly enough, that the palace, because we all know of the Prince Andrew relation with Jeffrey Epstein, that the palace found out that she was pitching the story and threatened ABC a bunch of times saying that they wouldn't get access to the royals if they did this. So I'm going to insert her quote here. And keep in mind, this was all caught on a hot wire. She didn't say this in an interview. It was like hacked by some project. And she was an anchor for ABC. So let's take a listen. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate I will that we that also quashed the story. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. It was unbelievable what we had. Clinton. We had everything. Do I think he was killed? A hundred percent. Yes, I do. Because you want He made his whole living blackmailing people. There were a lot of men in those planes. A lot of men who visited that island. A lot of powerful men who came into that apartment. All right. Now this is the blind item about it. It says. This big four network did an interview with a victim of the billionaire pedophile, Epstein. During that interview, the name of the CEO, Les Wexner, was brought up multiple times for his actions and his orders, which led to the imprisonment of the victim. When the segment aired, there was not a peep about the CEO. After much digging, apparently, it's because the network didn't want to damage the financial relationship it has with the company and their advertising dollars. So basically saying that ABC said, we're not going to tell the full Epstein story, or at least the part that talks about Les Wexner, because, you know, Bath and Body Works, we want to advertise with them and we don't want to lose that. Full on fucking corrupt. Like that's some sick shit. You couldn't get another sponsor. This is only like pedophiles abusing people. You know what I mean? And I don't think Les Wexner, and we'll talk about this later. I don't think Les Wexner is a pedophile. I don't think that he, because if even the blind items aren't saying that he did it, I don't think he personally abused people, but he let all this shit happen and he knew what was going on. So, you know, that's just really shady of ABC. I mean, allegedly, but still. All right, this was a blind item from a couple years ago. It says, this stepping down perv slash CEO had a party to celebrate the sale that netted him hundreds of millions of dollars. There were no wives or girlfriends at the party, just several dozen teenagers all dressed like they came out of the catalog. The former CEO liked something a little different, which was not on offer because he keeps that between himself and the people that he still kicks back to every month. All right, up next, there's a very, very long blind item involving multiple people, but I'm just going to read you the parts that relate to Jeffrey Epstein and Les Wexner. Jeffrey Epstein is referred to as the pedophile king, so we'll get right to the part about the two of them. One of the people that was swindled by Jeffrey Epstein was a very rich person who owned a massively large corporation and was one of the richest men in the country, Les Wexner. He lost a great deal of money in a swindle, and our pedophile saw that he got every cent of his investment back. In return, the very rich man, Les, has always provided cover for the pedophile and vouched for him with other billionaires and investors, which has allowed the pedophile to accumulate even more wealth. He has helped gloss over and erase from memory anything about the swindling like it never happened. Now, there is something else about that very rich man, Les. He was the very first customer of the pedophile. He was in a horrible marriage and wanted someone young, very young. The pedophile knew just the right person and the life of the rich man was changed forever. He started embracing life again and has kept that woman in his life ever since as a mistress. He ended up marrying again, but the love of his life is the, mis is the mistress. In return for bringing that young woman into his life, the very rich man gave our pedophile a very valuable piece of property, <clears throat> New York City, Upper East Side, New York City apartment, as well as a list of names of very other well-off men who also would enjoy the companionship of very young women. At this point, the very young women became the almost legal teens that have been discussed in several island posts. Now, what's interesting is that in the Angels and Demons documentary, they kind of alleged to the fact that Les Wexner could be gay, could be closeted, and that him and Jeffrey Epstein could have had a sexual relationship. 
But what's interesting is that even in the blind items, I'm not really seeing this. I am seeing Jeffrey Epstein providing a mistress to Les Wexner, um, but there's no mention that I've really seen of Jeffrey Epstein hooking up with Les Wexner. But if you've heard of that, I mean, let me know. What goes great with a summer vibe? How about checking accounts with no monthly fees? Like a cool breeze, Chime is a refreshing way to handle your money. There's no monthly fees, no maintenance fees. It's really how banking should be. And also when you need to access your money, you can do so fee-free at more than 60,000 in-network ATMs at many locations like most Walgreens, 7-Eleven, and CVS. Chime has no monthly fees, no vibe-killing fees. You can sign up for a Chime checking account, and it only takes two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at chime.com fluently. That's chime.com fluently. Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services provided by and debit card issued by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees apply, except at MoneyPass ATM in a 7-Eleven location and at any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. Other fees such as third-party and cash deposit fees may apply. Okay, so now we are going to pull the blind items for the Victoria's Secret Angels, and we're not doing all of them. I'll also shout out some that had no blind items, which anytime somebody doesn't have any blind items, I'm like, hmm, good for them. But we're going to mostly be doing the girls that were popular when I was growing up. I'm so sorry. It is my, it is who I know best, though. And we're going to be starting with Alessandra Ambrosio. Gorgeous, gorgeous Brazilian model. She was a Victoria's Secret for a couple, Victoria's Secret Angel for a couple of years, and she was actually the first spokesmodel for the company's pink line. I just always wonder, you know, how they created that person. Was it someone who was the youngest, someone who had like the sportiest vibe? Because I think they tried to have the line pink be like sporty. I guess it was. I don't know. Not really. Now, I'm always interested in money when it comes to modeling. So she was ranked number five on Forbes' list of the highest paid models, estimated to have earned $6.6 million every year. Something else I found out about her is that she was insecure about her large ears. And at the age of 11, she had cosmetic surgery to have her ears pinned back, although two years later, she suffered complications. And I think she went on the Tyra Banks show. And spoke about how the complications she had with this plastic surgery actually made her never want to get any plastic surgery ever again. But I just have to say, like, the age of 11, like, we thought Bella Hadid having a nose job at age 14 was young. Age 11 is, I think that's still elementary school, right? Because 11, you could be in fifth grade or sixth grade. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. So let's get into these blind items. And once again, they are all alleged. And let me just do a little bit of like a real life thing before we get into the blind items. In Emily Ratajkowski's memoir, she alleges to basically Miranda Kerr being a, um, being an escort or, you know, yachting, as we would call it in the blind item world. She doesn't name Miranda Kerr, but she basically says that it was an Australian model. I think she might say something about an angel with famous dimples and things like that. And if you've listened to my other episodes, you know that we covered the fact that Miranda Kerr was gifted um, millions of dollars in jewelry by um, an Asian businessman that she was dating, I think in the early 2000s. It ended up being a little bit of a scam, or not a scam, but a scandal, because the jewelry that was gifted to her was bought with money that was not acquired legally or needed to be returned to the government. It was something like that. We covered it in the podcast. But all you need to know is that a lot of these blind items do reference yachting. And while I'm talking about stuff that's alleged and things like that, just know that Emily Ratajkowski put it out there in her book. Um, and if you want to hear everything that she said, you should go check out Celebrity Memoir Book Club. Claire and Ashley cover Emily Ratajkowski's memoir and they reveal what happened. All right, so let's get into Alessandra's um, blind items. The first one says, an Asian businessman paid $200,000 just to have dinner with this illiterate Victoria's Secret model. It didn't include the $50,000 gift he gave her too. The numbers, and like, I have to say, you know, nobody ever knows what's what with these blind items, but I do have to say, 
I love how they give numbers. Like, I don't even know if it's real or not, but there's something about like knowing what a celebrity escort price allegedly is that even if it's fiction, you're just like, oh, that's good fiction. That's a good detail to include. This is another blind item. I do not believe this one. And I will tell you why at the end. It says a brand new film festival outside the country just kicked off. And allegedly that was Red Sea International Film Festival in Saudi Arabia, in Saudi Arabia. And it says it is a winter wonderland of yachting led by way more models and IG models and reality stars than actresses and actors. This foreign-born, illiterate A-list model was paid $500,000 to bring a hundred of her closest female friends. And allegedly that's about Alessandra Ambrosio, but a hundred of her closest female friends? Like, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's different when you're modeling and like literally all of your friends are like hot models, but that just seems like an outrageously high number of people that you would have to bring. So I'm a little like wishy-washy on that. All right, this blind item says that it's allegedly about Alessandra Ambrosio and Richard Lee. This foreign-born, illiterate, A-list, permanent model blew through her vast fortune and is now trying to get married to whatever rich guy she can find. We have another blind item that says, It all seems pretty childish, but these two A-list, foreign-born models, one of whom is way higher on the list of A-listers and who has a love for Halloween beyond all others, that's Heidi Klum, is at war with Alessandra Ambrosio. Apparently, they told guests that they had to pick one Halloween party to go to. You could not attend both being hosted by the two former co-workers. It was a nasty fight. I like that one. It's a little bit more tame. You know, a little Halloween blind item. Spooky, spooky. Okay, now we are going to cover Adriana Lima, who is also a Brazilian model. And my best friend Bridget is utterly obsessed with Adriana Lima. Like, obsessed. And I mean, I have to say, how could you not be? I do sometimes just like Google pictures of Adriana Lima just to look at her. She's absolutely gorgeous. Now, something interesting about Adriana Lima is I remember this back in the day when I was learning about her. There was a GQ magazine article about her in 2006, and it was titled, Adriana Lima is the world's most voluptuous virgin. Okay. And this is the tagline. It says the Brazilian supermodel who has famously dated Derek Jeter and Lenny Kravitz says she is saving herself for her husband. Quote, sex is for marriage. Men have to respect that this is my choice. If there's no respect, that means they don't want me. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about her religious um, viewpoints and beliefs, which would go along with that. But then when we talk about the blind items, the blind items say something very, very different. And speaking of quotes by Adriana Lima, I have always loved the fake quote by her. I don't know who created this fake quote or how it circulated the internet so widely and so fakely, but I fun, I, I just love it. The quote says that Adriana Lima allegedly once said, it's flattering knowing that men desire me, but then I remember a man would also have sex with a McChicken, so I try not to take it too seriously. <laughs> and it's not true, but I wish that she said it. I think that that's fantastic. Something interesting I found about her and Victoria's Secret says that in January of 2017, Adriana Lima was named the most valuable Victoria's Secret angel, according to an analytics company. Um, and this analytics company did research that factored in social media likes, followers, sales conversions, engagements, and things like that. So they created this algorithm with all of these different metrics that determines an individual's ranking amongst all of the others. And apparently she was, or at least in 2017, the best for the brand when it came to Victoria's Secret. Now let's get into her um, religious beliefs. So in 2006, in that GQ article, she said that she is a devout Roman Catholic who attends Mass every Sunday. She also stated that she was a virgin. Um, and it says here on Wikipedia, oh, I have to include this too. She denounced abortion as a crime and stated that she agrees with all of the church's teachings. Now, look, that was a quote from 2006, but in looking it up, I didn't see her say anything differently about it. Now, in 2022, she did post some things on her story. She she reposted an image on her Instagram story um, of a sign that says pro-life would be regulating this with a gun and then not this with a picture of a uterus. And then she posted something about contraceptive birth control pills being sold over the counter in the UK, um, 
you know, in favor of that. And then she also reposted another image saying, you probably saw something like this. Time zones are crazy. In Australia, it's 9 a.m. In Rome, it's 1 a.m. And in America, it's 1942, where minorities and women are still being controlled by white old men. Which, I mean, that would lead me to believe that she's pro-choice, but it doesn't look like she's made any other statements since 2006 on abortion. More about her religious views, um, it says Adriana Lima is known to bring a copy of the Bible with her back backstage before she goes on stage. And she's also stated that before she became a Victoria's Secret angel, she wanted to become a nun. Regarding her spirituality, Lima stated, the church is in me. I always connect. If you're connected with the divine and always have pure intentions with everything you're doing, you're protected by the angels. I'm very spiritual. I believe in nature. I believe in energy. I believe in spirits. Well, I like that. I like that. I just don't, I just don't like her being um, anti-abortion. She's also gotten some flack over the years for talking about what it takes basically her diet before a Victoria's Secret fashion show. So in 2011, in an interview with the Daily Telegraph, she said that for nine days before the show, she drinks only protein shakes and no liquids at all for the last 12 hours. Quote, so you dry out. Sometimes you can lose up to eight pounds just from that. She also said that for the last three weeks before the show, she works out twice a day. So that interview got a lot of criticism from the media. Then afterwards, she defended herself in an interview with E! And she said, quote, I know it's very intense, but I just have an athlete's mind and I appreciate doing this thing. It's not that I do crazy diets throughout the year. I just do it for this particular thing. After the show, I become normal again. And the Adriana Lima diet became one of the top five most searched diets on the web in 2012. Let me know what you think about that. I actually go back and forth. I, you know, obviously that's disordered eating. Obviously that's eating that you don't want to promote and you don't want to glamorize and maybe you don't even want to highlight it at all. But at the same point, I kind of understand what she's saying in terms of like athletes also do crazy things like this, but they don't really get the same amount of flack. Um, I don't know. I This one I just don't know how to feel about. So I want to tell you guys about this incredible new service I found called FrameBridge. FrameBridge is how you can, in the most easy and affordable way, frame your favorite things without ever leaving the house. Basically, you go to framebridge.com and I'll be giving you a promo code and you either upload a photo that you want to be framed or you can mail it in. They frame it at FrameBridge and then ship it right back to you. It's the easiest way to do it. I use FrameBridge to frame this kind of uniquely shaped print that I got at the Met. I went there on a date with my boyfriend and I loved this print and the sizing for it did not exist anywhere online and I looked everywhere. But FrameBridge can frame anything small, anything big, or anything kind of like awkwardly sized that you might have been putting off getting framed because of its proportions. So if you want to get started today, you can go to framebridge.com and use promo code FLUENTLY to save an additional 15% off your first order. Also, all shipping is going to be free. So go to framebridge.com and use promo code FLUENTLY to save an additional 15% off your first order. Okay, well, let's get into her blind items. The first one. Video Music Awards. Speaking of foreign-born supermodels, this one who was A-plus list for a long time accepted an offer of $75,000 to hook up with a record producer last night. This was for three hours. I have no idea if they went through with it, but they both seemed serious about it and she hung out with him and didn't leave his side at an after party after they made the deal. Alright, here's one that says, Khan. This A-list dual threat Victoria's Secret slash Sports Illustrated model was spotted by Paps leaving a yacht. No big thing except it was early morning. She was alone with the suitcase and had been on board for two nights with a man known to pay very high prices to have sex with all the Victoria's Secret and Sports Illustrated models. Apparently, he is the one who called the paparazzi to show off to his friends. She treated it more like a walk of shame. And I feel like ethically, morally, I just don't really want to share these photos. Um, but I do do a little bit of digging into each blind item to see like, is this like totally fake or what's going on? And I did see the photos of the paparazzi taking photos of her leaving this yacht in the morning. Um, and it definitely did look like she was trying to like disguise herself or just, you know, hat on, sunglasses on, things like that. 
Okay, this, this one's kind of stupid, but whatever. This foreign-born A-list longtime Victoria's Secret model went off on a coat check person the other day because the coat check person brought the coat out to the model on a hanger. I know. Apparently, the coat check person was supposed to carry the fur coat with two hands and never transport it on a hanger. The berating went on for a good five minutes. Okay. This one is from Blind Gossip. I have thoughts on this. Let's just read through it. If you think that this is the first time that this male singer, Justin Bieber, has been involved in such debauchery, think again. In fact, his most notorious threesome to date involved two famous young women. One is a singer and the other is a model. Allegedly, that would be Rita Ora and Adriana Lima. The two girls know each other but aren't great friends. They just happened to be partying with him in the same place at the same time when things took a turn and all three wound up in bed together. Both girls would be well advised to stay on his good side. He has photos on his phone that commemorate the night, and he might accidentally, on purpose, release one or two if either of them annoys him. Now here's the thing, when it comes to Justin Bieber allegedly hooking up with the Victoria's Secret models, like, I just can't believe that because Justin Bieber looked like such a tweener at that time. Like he really looked like a child. But that being said, why else would Orlando Bloom be punching Justin Bieber at, I think it was a restaurant in Australia, if he hadn't slept with Miranda Kerr? You know what I mean? Like, I really don't know. We're going to have to make this an Instagram poll up on my story this week because let me know. I need to get a pulse check. Do people think that Justin Bieber was actually hooking up with all these Victoria's Secret models? Okay, this last blind is probably my favorite of Adriana Lima's. Certain blinds just really call to me, you know? The title of it is Double Booked for Valentine's Day. Short and sweet. This sometimes Victoria's Secret model has a significant other forever. They won't confirm a breakup and maybe they are trying to work things out. But on Valentine's Day, she had a date with her Australian billionaire boyfriend at lunch and they spent several hours in a penthouse at the Beverly Wilshire or Wilshire. I don't even know what that is. I know it's like a fancy hotel. And he bought her a diamond necklace. That night, she went to have dinner with her significant other. I think he got her some flowers, but that was about it. <laughs> so if anyone has any information on this, please let me know. All right, up next, we're going to cover Erin Heatherton. She's one of the models from Victoria's Secret who dated Leonardo DiCaprio. And I was asking you guys on Instagram if anyone you know, has had any experience with these angels or whatever. And somebody said that they once took a workout class with Erin Heatherton and she was like flawless in person. She dated Leonardo DiCaprio um, from December 2011 to November 2012, and there was a little bit of information about her um, finance-wise. So a fashion stylist, Claire Byrne, sued her in 2017 for $10 million as compensation for a proposed sportswear line that was called Retroactive that never got off the ground. And um, $10 million? Like... I don't know. I don't know anything about the situation, but I would just side with Aaron Heatherton on that one because I'm like, okay, the sportswear line never got off the ground. Did you go $10 million in the hole on it? Because if so, like, that's on you. That's stupid. That's insane. $10 million? Like, I can't even fathom that large of an amount of money. Okay, well, let's get into her blind items. Here's one. Being a former girlfriend of this A-plus list mostly movie actor only gets you an increase in modeling and yachting rates as long as people associate you with him. Once, once, oh yeah, once too much time and too many people are pushing you down the line in the list, the rates drop. This ex, Aaron Heatherton, never thought that they would and she is paying for it now. Luckily, yachting season is upon, upon us and she can try and get back to where she was. Okay, this... <laughs> This is a blind item also about her, Leonardo DiCaprio, and two other famous celebrity women. It's from Blind Gossip. I don't think I believe it, but let's read it. This actor, Leo, is not exactly exhibiting model behavior. He likes to be accompanied by pretty women. They like him too, even though he goes through them rather quickly. Right now, though, he has a big problem on his hands. A long time ago, he quietly dated this pretty celebrity, Miranda Kerr. They broke up and she went on to marry another celebrity. After going through several more women, he dated girl B, Erin Heatherton, for more than a year. Things were going great, so he considered proposing to her. When she knew the moment was coming, though, she got a little too demanding. This turned him off and he dumped her. He's now dating girl C, Margot Robbie. 
Things are going fine. Just one problem. Girl A and girl B have both crept back into the picture. And yes, girl A is still married. So what is he doing? Sleeping with all three. A and B, Miranda and Aaron, know about C, Margot Robbie, but they don't know about each other, and Margot doesn't know about either of the other two. It will be very interesting to see how the three women react when they all find out about each other. It shouldn't take very long. Now, look, Margot Robbie, I think, has been married to her husband for a while now. There were pictures of Leonardo DiCaprio and Margot Robbie on, like, a balcony and things like that. Um, I don't know. I just find that there's also blind items about, like, Leonardo DiCaprio struggling with ED and, like, not actually sleeping with these models. Those, although, are on Crazy Days and Nights, and this was on Blind Gossip. I will say, though, the part of Leonardo DiCaprio considering proposing to Aaron Heatherton, that has come up in other blind items. But this idea of him, like, fucking Miranda Kerr and Aaron Heatherton and Margot Robbie all at the same time, it sounds like a great fan fiction. But I just, like, I, for some reason, I'm, like, hesitant on that one. All right, another blind item. What A-list never married movie star was spotted lunching with his attorney as they went over specifics of a prenup? The 30-something hunk has a penchant for dating leggy lingerie models, but he thinks his latest love interest is Mrs. Wright. Let's hope she signs on the dotted line. And we have another blind item about him allegedly thinking of proposing to her. He's been through so many relationships, always with notable women, that it may be hard to picture this famous actor settling down. However, he was ready. He was about to propose to his girlfriend. He liked the fact that she was a little cool and independent and that she let him live his life as he had before he met her. He sank over $1 million into a huge rock. He was going to propose over the upcoming holidays. She was the one. However, she got wind of his plans and her behavior shifted. She became more demanding and possessive, which completely annoyed him. They fought and broke up, and if she had just remained as, as, as aloof as she had been at the beginning of the relationship, she would have had that ring on her finger. So close. <laughs> I just find it funny the way that blind items are written. So close. But as it is, she goes back into the dating pool for some other actor or musician. And him, he has already started trolling the waters for a newer, shinier model. One day we'll have to do a Leonardo DiCaprio episode, but, um, you know, I just, will he ever get married? That really is the question. Now, Taylor Hill, there's one blind item about her and it's like pretty lame. So we're just going to read it, but it's nothing crazy. I also don't even, don't even know if I believe it. It says, This American-born Victoria's Secret model had to be walked to her seat by a staff member because after 20 minutes, the model could not figure out how to read her ticket and match it to the seat. Oh, and once she went to the bathroom and came back, they had to show her to her seat again. I don't even know what that is. Like, they're like, oh, she's like too stupid that she couldn't read her ticket. Or maybe like she was so wasted that she couldn't read her ticket. I don't know, but like, whatever, we're gonna move on. All right, now we are covering the beautiful Doutson Crows. I've also heard her name pronounced to as Doutson Cruz, but we're just going to say Doutson. So in 2014, she came second on the Forbes top earning model list, and she was estimated to have earned $8 million in one year. Hell yeah. She describes herself as a tomboy in her youth, and I just have to say, doesn't every single Victoria's Secret angel, like my first experience with ASMR was listening to interviews of Candace Swanepoel and her voice, which by the way, my voice is sore again this week, guys. I've just been having such a stressful month. Um, and I, I had to record this after work anyway, but that's to say that sometimes people say your voice is like ASMR to me, Shannon. And that's the sweetest thing ever. But yeah, the, it's not well-oiled today. But anyway, um, and Candace Swanepoel would be like, oh, I was such a tomboy in her, in her South African voice. She'd be like, I was such a tomboy. And then Carly Kloss, too, is like, oh, my God, like I was such a tomboy out in the Midwest, long legs. And I, you know, it's nice to hear gorgeous, flawless women talk about being a bit awkward and nerdy growing up. But can't any of the angels just be like, you know what? I was a bitch. Like, I was a cheerleader, I spread rumors, and I was a bitch because, like, look at me, I'm flawless. You know what I mean? I don't know. There, like, there has to be at least one villain, but all of the angels are painted as, like, these actual 
perfect human being model women who were also like awkward, gangly tomboys growing up. And I'm just like, not all of you were tomboys. Anyway, um, Doubtson has done a little bit of acting. She was in the film Wonder Woman as like one of those Amazon warriors. And um, I think she's been taking acting classes in New York and she plans to act in more movies to come. Also this and also her blind items, she just seems like a cool bitch. So in April, 2014, she was doing an interview about the future of her daughter. And she said, instead of saying, you're so beautiful, I'll say you're smart. So she'll have different aspirations in life than beauty and modeling. Though I love my job, I'm not changing the world. I'd love for her to study and to have different aspirations. We need to teach girls that they can become presidents. It's not all about beauty all the time. And I love that. Now, looking stuff up about her, she was also, similar to Evangeline Lilly, spreading some stuff during the COVID pandemic. So Wikipedia says, um, during the COVID pandemic... Cruz Crows spread conspiracy theories about COVID-19 and vaccines. We should get her on the podcast. <laughs> Little conspiracy theorist. And then it says in September of 21, she elicited some controversy by revealing her anti-vax point of view on Instagram, stating she would not be forced to take the shot in reference to the vaccine. In November, so the next month, she shared a video on her Instagram account stating that COVID-19 vaccines are part of a plot by Satanists to reduce the global population. Now, I will say, just because I always like to stick up for conspiracy theorists, um, I was doing some research on this and she never said that it was a plot by Satanists. So I'm curious who put that in Wikipedia because I dug deep and there was one video that she shared. I couldn't find the entire video anymore because it was like an Instagram story. Um, but there was one video that she shared. Maybe, you know, the word Satanist or something was in that video. I couldn't find it online. But what I thought was really nice was that above the video, she was like, this video that I'm sharing could have stuff that is incorrect in it. Hold on. Let me find exactly what she said. Okay. So it looks like she shared a video. Oh my God. It was like a 25 minute long Instagram reel. Instagram was probably really excited about that. And she said a disclaimer before watching, this could be fake. I don't know, but it's information. I think a disclaimer before watching, this could be fake. I don't know, but it's information I think is supposed to be heard during an experiment. And I also wonder why would these people speak out? They have everything to lose, dot, dot, dot. So um, I wish I could see the video. If anyone knows what 25 minute video that she shared, please send it to me. Um, and anyway, she got a lot of media attention for that. And I think it was Giselle, Tom Brady's wife, who ended up defending her and saying, like, I know Doutson, Doutson, sorry, Doutson, and we've been friends for a long time, and I know her heart, and it's pure, and things like that. Um, but, you know, <laughs> uh, Giselle is also, doesn't she, like, not eat eggplant because it's a nightshade or things like that? So I just kind of picture those trains of thought working in the same sphere, but... I feel like, who am I to say anything? I don't want to be a hypocrite. Last week's episode was literally about if aliens are in the ocean. All right, so now let's get into her blind items and see what's going on there. The first blind item says, this foreign-born A-list model with the very hard name to spell was doing lines in front of several elementary school-aged children. She told the person with her that the kids have no idea what she was doing, so it was fine. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's funny. Okay, the next blind item. This married foreign-born A-list Victoria's Secret model with children and a last name I can barely spell, let alone pronounce, was at lunch this week. I know, I know, and apparently she did eat something. Anyway, she was wearing a very, very short skirt and nothing underneath. While she was sitting, it rode up even more and some guys in suits were taking photos of her on their cell phones. When she noticed what happened to her skirt and what the guys were doing, she went over to them and noticed their wedding rings. She asked whether they were going to show their wives the photos or if they would do the same thing with their wives there. She then volunteered to call their wives if they wanted to let them use the phone and if the wives said it was okay, then she would let them keep the shots. Instead, the guys deleted all of the photos from their phones. All right, now this is a blind item allegedly about Chloe Moretz, and it says this up-and-coming B-list actress really needs to go to rehab or lay off the booze or whatever else she is taking. Not even out of her teens, the actress is out of control. So out of control that at a recent event, she was overheard more than once calling this current, not-so-Heidi Klum, Victoria's Secret model an N-word lover. 
Yep, she said it. Several people heard her say it, and eventually the model found out and confronted our young actress at the event in front of about 10 people, and the actress denied saying such things. After the model told the actress, after the model told the actress to grow up and walked away, the actress then made another snide comment about the child of the model and left the event. I need to look into Chloe. Like, I know she had some beef with the um, Kardashians on, on Twitter and things like that, but just like, oh my God, Jesus Christ. So let me know if you've heard anything about Chloe and um, if anyone has that video of Doubtson, send it to me. All right, Chanel Iman, uh, we have a few different blind items. She is half African-American and half Korean. She was in Beyonce's music video for Beyonce, and she, she wasn't in the Bad Blood music video, but during Lip Sync Battle, when Olivia Munn performed Bad Blood, she made an appearance in that episode. I don't know. I'm just thinking music video relations. Um, she was also in Usher's music video for Dive and The Weeknd's music video for Can't Feel My Face. I like it when models are in music videos. I still think of... Um, Gigi Hadid and How Deep Is Your Love, that music video. I really like that one. In early 2013, she was dating ASAP Rocky. In 2014, they were reported to be engaged. Um, that was in April, but then they separated in June. In 2015, she was dating a Lakers basketball player, Jordan Clarkson, but then they ended the relationship shortly after that. And then two years later in 2017, she announced her engagement to New York Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard, and they got married um, a few months later at the Beverly Hills Hotel. They have two daughters, and they announced that they were getting divorced in January of 2022. Okay, let's get into her blind items. This A-list wide receiver for an NFL New York City foot, New York football team, Sterling Shepard, really should stop cheating on his wife. The sad thing is she keeps taking him back. Maybe this time will be for good and she will stay gone. This next one is a juicy blind item. It says, to be fair, this Victoria's Secret model with the familiar sounding name didn't know the actor she hooked up with was married. Peter Skarsgård. She didn't even recognize his name. She didn't know who he was until she saw him at a party she was co-hosting with his actress wife, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Different last names will do that sometimes. And her last blind item, this B-plus list rapper who is more known for his hard to for his hard to type name rather than his music, ASAP Rocky, sent his gorgeous celebrity offspring home the other night so he could hook up with some stripper that he met at a party. According to the stripper, the rapper was texting his girlfriend while he was being serviced. Well, at least he likes to keep in touch. Ooh. That literally sounds like one of the stories that was on um, the original Call Her Daddy episode or podcast back in the day of like literally hooking, like, I think it might have been a rapper or an athlete that this girl said that she was hooking up with and literally like while they were hooking up, he was texting his girlfriend and being like, yeah, like going to bed, blah, blah, blah. Mm, crazy. All right. Now there are some angels that have literally no blind items. Lily Aldridge, no blind items. Martha Hunt, no blinds. Um, Romy Street, no blinds, but a blossoming YouTube channel. Same with um, Doubtson and same with Carly Kloss, I think. And Jasmine Tooks, no blind items. Miranda Kerr, we've covered previously. Carly Kloss, we've covered her previously. Um, Candace Swanepoel had one blind item, but it was like really twisted. So I don't want to say what it is, but it was kind of the same vibe as some blind items allege the way that Justin Bieber used to treat Selena Gomez with his friends and coworkers. So if you know what I'm saying there, you know what I'm saying, but you can always look it up online if you want to. So woo, there we go. There's everyone. We got Les Wexner. We got some of the angels. Um, let me know if you're ever interested in another episode with more of the angels. I know we need Tyra Banks, Heidi Klum. We have a bunch of other people there. And let me know what else you have heard about Les. I think now that this documentary has come out, it's going to be really interesting to see like what will happen. And at the end of the day, I just think they should have shuttered Victoria's Secret. Like there's no way that you can take a brand from A to Z. You can maybe take them from like Q to Z, but Victoria's Secret is just so behind the ball of diversity, inclusivity, um, true female woman empowerment. 
And after watching that documentary, I was like, I don't feel bad at all that I've stolen hundreds of dollars of worth of thongs from Victoria's Secret because, you know, they're, they're a rotted company. Now, there are a few more blind items about some of the Victoria's Secret models who weren't angels. I'm talking um, Bella Hadid. I'm talking um, general Victoria's Secret blind items. I'm talking Kendall Jenner and Gigi Hadid's experience uh, at the fashion show. So if you head over to fluentlyforward.substack.com, sometimes when I'm pulling stuff for these episodes, I'll be like, oh, this one doesn't really relate, but it's kind of related. And I'll throw that into the Substack newsletter and that goes out every Friday. So thank you so, so much for listening and hanging out with me for this hour as we talked about Victoria's Secret. Um, I appreciate you listening and I am excited to talk to you guys next week on Monday. So thanks for listening and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.